0: Welcome to the Heavenly Banquet, where the hungry are filled with good things. This week's lesson comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 14, verses 1 and then verses 7 through 14. On one occasion when Jesus was going to the house of a leader of the Pharisees to eat a meal on the Sabbath, they were watching him closely. When he noticed how the guests chose the places of honor, He told them a parable. When you're invited by someone to a wedding banquet, don't sit down at the place of honor in case someone more distinguished than you has been invited by the host. And the host who invited both of you may come and say to you, give this person your place. And then in disgrace, you would start to take the lowest place. But when you're invited, go and sit down at the lowest place so that when your host comes, he may say to you, friend, move up higher. Then you will be honored in the presence of all who sit at the table with you. For all who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. He also said to the one who had invited him, when you give a luncheon or a dinner, do not invite your friends or your brothers or your relatives or rich neighbors, in case they may invite you in return and you would be repaid. But when you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind, and you will be blessed, because they cannot repay you, for you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. This is the word of the Lord. (laughs) Y'all, the audacity of Jesus. The audacity of Jesus interrupting a meal to offer a message on being a good guest to those seated around him. The audacity of Jesus then turning to his hosts and offering a message on hospitality. I just love the audacity of Jesus. Whenever someone tries to tell you what you can say and when you can say it and to whom you can say it, I beg you to remember the audacity of Jesus. He might be offering tips, which sound like advice from Miss Manners here, but nothing stopped Jesus from opening his mouth and telling these folks exactly what he thought, exactly what he saw, exactly how they were messing up right there at table, right there in someone else's home. The audacity of Jesus is to be a guest, to be a guest, and to still instruct others on being better guests, and to still tell the host how to be a better host. This is kind of wild, and I love it. This is not how I was raised. My mama wouldn't like it, and I bet Jesus' mama wouldn't have cared for it either. But that's the audacity of Jesus. When something needs to be said, There's no time like the present. There's no time like now in the kingdom of God. If you take nothing else with you today, see if you can't pick up a little bit of the audacity of Jesus. Speak and witness to the kingdom of God. Use your prophetic voice when the moment presents itself. Don't wait for some more convenient, more polite time. There's no telling when or if that time is going to come. Channel that audacity of Jesus. Say what needs to be said in the moment it has to be said. God's time, the kingdom's time is always now. But let's unpack a bit of Jesus's audacity here because he's not just at any table with just any guests and just any host. Jesus is eating the Sabbath meal with a leader of the Pharisees. This is not his usual crowd of fishermen, farmers, sex workers, tax collectors, and female heads of household. He is not at table with the outcasts and the poor. He's at a society gathering. This is the most prestigious, most sought after invitation to be at table with the rich and the powerful. It matters who gets invited and who gets snubbed. And for those who were invited, this event provides an opportunity to secure their social status and to perhaps even approve upon it. This is a chance to get some face time with the influencers, to wheel and deal with the local power brokers, to be seen by and to be seen with anyone who was anyone. So Jesus, Jesus doesn't belong here. He's an anomaly, a fascination. He's the talk of the town, a strange guy who says strange things. He has seemingly nothing to offer these people, even if we might think of him as the most powerful person in the room. To others, he's an eccentric, a storyteller, a sort of street performer. He's been invited as entertainment, as an amusement. He doesn't fit in, and he knows it. He knows this and he knows that means folks aren't taking him seriously. And well, it's always a mistake to underestimate Jesus. They think of him as interesting company. They expect that he'll enliven the dinner conversation and well, he doesn't disappoint, that's for sure. And so when Jesus offers these sayings on how guests ought to seat themselves and how hosts should form their guest lists, He's not speaking in some abstract way. He's describing and correcting the situation right in front of him. He's offending everyone in the whole room. He's calling out those who are misusing the table to jockey for position and power, and he's calling out the host who has created this dynamic by inviting the rich and the powerful to the meal, those who have favors to trade, rather than the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind, those who have nothing material to offer those who can't repay the favor of the meal, but also those who actually need and would benefit from the meal. Jesus got invited to take a seat at the table with the privileged, and he used that supposed privilege to admonish them all. The audacity of Jesus, y'all. Can you even imagine? I wonder how the rest of that meal went Now, this audacity is on brand for Jesus, but it's still rather extraordinary. I mean, you don't act this way. You don't say these things unless they are terribly important. And Jesus isn't one to waste words. This isn't correction out of spite. He sees something disordered and addresses it because it's necessary. I know this might come across as a bit super audacious for those of us here in the South because we pride ourselves on hospitality, on treating guests well, and so these words from Jesus probably sound like a no-brainer to many of us, as though he's just repeating what generations and generations have taught us. But these words of Jesus offer an opportunity to reflect on our social practices and the ways, perhaps inadvertently, but the ways in which we might use these occasions or other people for our benefit. Because you and I might know that when we're guests in someone else's home, that we should look to some guidance from the host on where we might be seated, or at least we should have the good sense not to seat ourselves at the head of the table. But watch what happens when you are at a more neutral table, when you're out with a group at a restaurant or even downstairs in the fellowship hall. You will see some folks gravitate toward the least desirable seats, the ones where you're boxed in or stuck under some overhang. And you will see other folks make a beeline for the most prominent and comfortable spots. And nine times out of ten, that's an older male. It is. If you don't like me saying that, then stop doing it and I won't have reason to say it. That's the audacity of Jesus, y'all. But Jesus has said who his people are. And they're the ones who defer to others, who don't mind sacrificing a bit of their own comfort so that everyone has a place at the table. And that often looks like taking the least comfortable seat so that someone else doesn't have to. And you and I might not be rolling in high society or wheeling and dealing at three martini business lunches, but we trade favors through meals, we do. I bet you can think of a time when you felt at least a bit slighted when someone didn't invite you to a party or some luncheon even though she was on the guest list for your last barbecue or game night. And if nothing else, I can tell you that I know where I am on the tally with going out to lunch with friends. I know whose turn it is to pick up the next tab. And y'all, that's not great. That's a goofy way to use part of one's brains, and it's a fine way to spark even slight resentments. Do any of y'all have that friend who, when you go out to lunch, always seems to find herself in some casual diner when it's her turn to pick up the tab, but somehow manages to orchestrate an outing to a white tablecloth restaurant when it's your time? Or maybe she always gets a glass of wine and dessert when it's your turn to pay, but seems to be on a strict diet of salad and iced tea when it's hers. You say you don't mind, but you kind of do. Or let me put it this way. You mind enough that you think about it, that it rattles around in your brain a bit. And I'm not blaming you, but that's just no way to be in relationship with other people. We have an invitation here to be mindful, to evaluate our relationships, particularly around table practice. When Jesus says to be on guard against all kinds of greed, he isn't just talking about money, he's also talking about all of the ways we use or commodify people for our own gain, whether that's social status or power or entertainment or more lively parties or more lavish meals. Look. We rarely get such clear instructions from the Gospels. You know how Jesus likes to answer even direct questions. He tells stories. There was a man who had two sons. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. A certain man was preparing a great banquet and invited many guests. He works in parables. And here, here we have a direct, clear description of how to act of what the etiquette is in the kingdom of God. So why not just try it? At least try it. Break that cycle with your friend by picking up the tab on her turn. Throw a little extravagant generosity her way and see what happens. Go ahead and sit at the kitty table or wherever else the outsiders might be. I bet you have a lot more fun. And let's challenge ourselves to invite the people who need to be fed, not the people we expect to feed our egos. I'm telling you, it's going to be so much more rewarding. It might be more difficult. It might pull you out of your comfort zone, but it will be so rewarding and not just in the world to come, but right here in this world. Give it a try. I dare you. Jesus was audacious enough to break up a high society function to bring us this advice, this invitation. Now it's your turn to be audacious enough to try it.